Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. This week we're talking about something that's become a hot-button topic for no good reason. It's simply whiny bigots getting mad that the world isn't the way they want it to be. So put on your helmets, it's time for Sis is Not a Slur. Hi, I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the woman whose signature song is at the heart of this episode, Susan Bridges. Hello. Yes, my signature song. Cis isn't a slur. If you've been hearing that, you've been talking to bad people. The lyrics change a little bit from time to time. I, I change them a little bit. But the heart of it, the time. The heart of it is the same. Yeah, I just get madder about it, though, as time goes on. It's ludicrous, and we're going to talk about it. But first... Our guest this week is Leo Wright, an AFAB non-binary artist and activist based in Houston, Texas. Welcome, Leo. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So I want to talk a little bit about your activism because activism is cool. So what exactly does that entail for you? What do you do? Well, the problem is there's not a lot to be involved with physically since COVID happened. Sure. I've been mostly just doing what I can online, which is a little bit limited, but I try to do the best I can as far as like petitions, sort of like gatherings online to try to, I mean, partly it's just uplifting other people in different communities that need help. Yeah. A lot of political involvement. There's just always something going on. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that's also important that, you know, people like online activism is real and it's important mm-hmm. because there are, you know, there are a lot of trans people in in parts of the this country and the world, as I'm sure you know, who are in, you know, rough areas or might not have a lot of connection physically or locally, you know, so you have to, to find it where you can. And those people still need support, too. So it's great that you're out there doing that. Thanks. Yeah, because, you know, I had that same issue like because I came out, you know, publicly during the pandemic and I couldn't be with other trans people in person, you know, to get mm-hmm. support or talk to them about issues. And so the connections that I made online during then with other trans people really, really helped me. So I always get a little annoyed when people are out there that's like online connections aren't real connections with people and online activism <laughs> isn't real. It is. It's all real because there's right. real people behind it. Mm-hmm. And I hate when people forget that. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's there's always something to do online if you can't find something physically. So I try to do my best. <laughs> yeah, and other folks out there should should know that it's okay if, for them to do that too. If you know you're intimidated about maybe doing things publicly, or if you can't find anything in your area, there's always more mm-hmm. you can do online. So. And also realizing that there are communities out there, like whole groups online. What? Yes. Yeah, where you can find the connection and and activism and ways to help. So. And even just helping educate. Like starting a podcast, perhaps. Maybe that's a thing (laughs) thing you might do. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, so Leo, for you, what has been the best thing about transitioning? I mean, I've I've kind of always been the kind of person where I I kind of just do whatever I want as far as like, oh, if it's not hurting anybody else. And so I feel like transitioning was kind of in the same realm for me where sure. I was like, well, you know, I've never felt anything in special about gender as far as I've never felt attached to it. I've never felt anything strongly about it. I yeah. didn't even realize there was a, a big distinction until I was, it was probably pretty late in life compared to most people, honestly. <laughs> I, I was I was probably in middle school when I started realizing, oh, this, this is important to people. I, I had no idea that this was such a great divide. <laughs> so I feel like getting to kind of have another thing going where it's like, oh, it's it's nice for me to question something socially that doesn't matter to me personally, which I mean, that's, that has to do with me being non-binary, but to not be kind of stuck with what society tries to dictate, like, oh, you have to do this, you have to be this way. Yeah. And it's been it's been important to me to question that question another social construct I guess you know <laughs> yeah I mean there's a lot of those I mean we've talked about that you know on the show a few times too that the society likes to put us all in little tiny boxes and label them and say that's what you are and that's what you have to be and you have to conform to what the size of those boxes are and you don't right. none of life is like that so it's mm -hmm. yeah okay you also you sort of had this ahead of time but like for me when I transitioned is when I realized that that's when I figured out and I helped, helped me see all the different ways society tries to do that. So did, did mm -hmm. you find that that happened for you too? Or was it you were always being like, hey, these boxes are no good? It's, it kind of seems like you were that latter. Like, you you <laughs> figured that part out really early. Yeah, I, I've I've always been a boxes are no good kind of person. It It is different though, because over time, the more of these kinds of things you question, it's it's nice that you get to open up different possibilities for questioning other social constructs. So I feel like me yeah. understanding that I'm trans kind of allowed me to question even more things that I never realized I didn't question before. Yeah, so. exactly. It opens the world up and you're, you see all of the, all of the falseness and all the lies that are out there and you're like, this is done, right? We don't have to do any right. of this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So on the flip side of that, what has been the worst thing about transitioning or one of the most difficult parts for you? Well, I mean, I've always had some problems socially. I mean, being being an autistic person, which I didn't realize until the last two years now. <laughs> yeah. But that did cause me a lot of problems socially and plus just being kind of a bit odd my whole life. So already socially, I was kind of primed for not totally being accepted in certain ways. Sure. So in a way, I was a little bit prepared for that, but I had no idea how how much of a social detriment it would be as far as like oh now i'm thrust into this world of of being like what's now unfortunately like one of the most hated populations small time not small time like you know a small portion of the population yeah like i feel like it, it's it's understandable for expecting that if if it's something some something big you know because like i'm you know i look white and so i i obviously don't really have any issues with like racism except for occasionally racist people not knowing that I'm white because I <laughs> because of my features but you know I didn't have 
big time problems like that socially. Right. So having that kind of thing in regards to being queer and being trans, it's been social upheaval, I guess. (laughs) It's been hard for me to navigate being active in a space that I wasn't realizing beforehand how how big of a thing it was, you know, because I, I, I've always been an advocate as far as LGBTQ rights have been, but I wasn't really privy to a lot of trans personal stuff before sure. I realized I was trans. But I, you know, I advocated for a lot of anti-racism things before and just, you know, anti ableist and things like that. So I had a good understanding of several different things, but I had no idea that that <laughs> being trans was going to be like the biggest social thing for me. It's it's kind of outrageous. Yeah, it is, you know, and I I definitely felt that too because before coming out the world saw me as a cis white man and you get even though you get shunned and treated differently than other cis white men because you don't conform to their exact behaviors, it still comes with a lot of privilege in a lot of ways and so and also seeing our relationship as a couple of straight people right even though i've always mm-hmm. been queer and right and yeah right and so now when we yeah. go out it looks like oh there's two women holding hands and that is a very different you're treated very differently by society that way than yeah and we've been embraced before. by many new friendships because of it yeah as mm-hmm. people see us yeah so it is a weird yeah, they're like oh you are queer yeah right yeah yeah so, <laughs> and they acknowledge it <laughs> yeah exactly now we're legit card carrying queers so yeah, i didn't get yeah. my card yet no it doesn't come in the mail <laughs> it's a nice card yeah okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah uh currently because uh i do socially get perceived as a cis man constantly uh just because i i wasn't expecting how far testosterone would take me but it did take me there <laughs> okay. and uh it's it's been interesting because i do think a lot of people sometimes because of the way i look they they think i'm maybe queer but they're not sure how uh-huh. and then they see me with my girlfriend and they think oh this is just some weird guy with his girlfriend <laughs> so like we're perceived to be straight as well <laughs> like it's just, it's it's been very weird very weird and also just being perceived as a cis man is very interesting because i feel like having lived 30 years as you know like oh socially a girl then socially a woman like it it was very very different you know it's been interesting for me navigating things socially because men tend to not be quite as like kind socially often as far as like in stranger situations like oh saying hello at the convenience store or like opening doors for other men or things like that like it, it people people really give you the side eye when you're very like bubbly and friendly like I am yeah in public sometimes they definitely get weird about it you know all those those toxic masculinity traits and yeah 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 so yeah going from being I guess you you sort of had the opposite then you went from being more perceptibly queer to appearing to be you know in a straight relationship and that's that's that must have been a head trip (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's it's been it's been interesting. <laughs> I I guess because though, like you know, transitioning during COVID, it's not quite the full blast experience, I suppose, because I was very isolated. Yeah. For quite some time, and so like getting out in the world again after you know getting my vaccines and everything, I was like, wow, things are things are even stranger than I thought. I thought this was just off because COVID and people being kind of antisocial, but 
it, this is just how it is. <laughs> I wasn't quite yeah. expecting it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still finding new things that I have not gotten to do yet as myself, just because of the world and stuff, you know. So like this year, you know, we're going to, to San Diego Comic-Con and I have not been there as myself yet in my entire life. So it's just, it's yeah. like, oh, that may be a different experience. You have to be very careful. Right, right. Do different things, but yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's still, it's just weird. I've never had to pack clothes to go anywhere as oh. myself. Like with all my oh, ladies stuff. And also since you've come out, I've yeah. gotten progressively gayer haircuts. That's true. So <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, how gay can I push this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, we could talk about this stuff all day, but let's get into this week. Oh yeah. We should probably do that. Let's do that. All right. Okay. <laughs> so if you've somehow missed the chaotic nonsense surrounding this week's topic, it has to do with some notable bigots. I'm not going to mention their names to keep their bigoted supporters from flooding my mentions, but you know who they are. Oh, we know. Crying <laughs> that the word cis is offensive to them. Like, I can't even believe that I have to explain this, but what are you going to do? If you'd like more info on exactly what happened, there's a Rolling Stone article that has some a pretty good rundown, and it's linked in the show notes. What's interesting is that that article uncovered evidence of the feelings of poor bigots being hurt by these three letters going back to 2014. This isn't a new phenomenon, but with the drastic uptick in transphobia and turfiness going on right now, it's come back around. And if you need more info on TERFs, literally some of the worst people in the world, there's a Trans Tuesday about them. And the stupidest. Let's not forget. Stupid. We won't sugarcoat it now. Okay. okay. So I know exactly why this uproar over letters 3, 9, and 19 of the English alphabet have hit such a nerve. But you are such a nerd. I know. <laughs> but before I tell you why that is, let's talk about what cis actually means. Cis and trans are both Latin prefixes that have existed for as long as the language has which means they're some 2,700 years old. They were not initially created in relation to gender, but in relation to everything. Cis means on this side of, and trans means across, on the other side of, or beyond. That's it. It's absolutely that simple. If we call something transatlantic, you know that means across, or on the other side of, or beyond the Atlantic Ocean. And cisatlantic would mean on this side of the Atlantic Ocean. Literally, that's it. That's all it is. This has been the definition of these prefixes for thousands of years. So when you apply these to gender, cisgender means on the side of the gender you were assigned at birth, and transgender means across, on the other side of, or beyond the gender you were assigned at birth. Again, that is it. That is literally all they mean. Cis and trans are actually also used a lot in chemistry to note whether atoms or compounds are on the same or opposing sides of a molecule. They're actually super handy words that simply tell you where things are in relation to each other. So, Leo, I, I want to stop here for a second to ask you if you've run into people who are like this, who like just have no idea what cis means and are offended by it. Oh, absolutely. All the time. <laughs> all, all the time. Oh, no. All the, all the time online, for sure. In person, I, you know, I actually didn't know any trans people before coming out as bisexual years ago and they were just online friends so sure. you know I wasn't privy to a lot of community stuff so it's like the, a lot of the people I was surrounded by physically also in real life did not know anything about trans people or sometimes if I spout off terminology that's familiar to me they're like what is what are you talking about what does this mean you know and I'm I'm always having to explain things to people basically mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of that in trans life I have found 
<laughs> always having to re-explain the same basics of things to people who just don't yes. know. I mean, there's a lot to learn, to be fair. Yes. Please take the time. <laughs> and not everybody, you know, cares or yeah, yeah. has any intellectual curiosity. Let's put it that way. Sure. There are lots of those right. people, right? Yeah. It, I feel like it's much easier for me to sit down with people who are actually curious and uh-huh. actually care yeah, uh, I have eternal patience for people like that. It's just the people that are, you know, asking bad faith sort of questions over and over again. You're like, okay, this that's enough. <laughs> yeah, like I'm always telling people, you know, if you are just genuinely curious because you don't know, but you would like to, please talk to me, ask me questions. I'm happy to talk about it. But mm-hmm. the people who just want an excuse to spout more bigotry at you, they can take a hike. Look up sea lining, look up Mott and Bailey fallacy. These Ooh. are good ones. Okay. This is what they do. <laughs> You're getting fired up. All right, I know. I don't either. All right. Because they're stupid. I've been saying that many times. There's a lot of shouting going on this episode. So how did these terms get applied to gender? Well, I'd like to let Dana DeFossi, who coined the term cisgender in 1994, tell you. She wrote an article about it for Huffington Post, and it's linked in the show notes. Oh, and by the way, I have seen other turfs posting, this is actually where cisgender came from, and it's always made up nonsense. Of course it is. Okay. This is for real. This is the real link. Well, here are some choice quotes from her. Quote, I was struggling because there did not seem to be a way to describe people who were not transgender without inescapably couching them in normalcy and making transgender identity automatically the other. Which is what they want. I never believed that adding the word to the lexicon caused problems. It only revealed them. Whatever the fate of the word, I feel compelled to speak out against the idea that it is hateful. It saddens me to hear that people feel harmed by the word cisgender. Is the creation of the word to blame? No, cisgender is just the straw man. It's easier to attack a word than to address the reasons people feel intimidated by discussions of gender identity. The word is a threat because it linguistically separates biological sex from socially constructed categories of woman and man. That gender is a social construction undermines heteronormativity critical to defending patriarchal sex roles and procreation. It is not surprising that those who have garnered dominance and privilege from traditional gender roles feel threatened and compelled to lash out. These ideas are not new, but the word cisgender repackages them in a way that is more potent and visceral. End quote. And right there, she gets to the heart of the matter and the reason for all of this. These transphobic bigots are mad they don't get to think of themselves as the default human anymore. And did you know this isn't new? It's right out of the bigot playbook. They did it when the word straight was applied to people who aren't queer, as gay people felt safer to come out, albeit only a little more than before. Decades ago, we needed a way to differentiate sexualities. Queer used to be an actual slur, I'll remind you, used by cisgender straight people to apply to anyone who wasn't like them in a derogatory way. The LGBTQIA2S plus community reclaimed it and made it our own, but that is what an actual slur is. Cis isn't a slur, it's an accurate descriptor, just like trans is. The only people who think it's a slur are the ones who see and use trans as a slur. They think trans otherizes us because that's how they use it. And so to them, us using cis otherizes them in their minds. And if there is one thing the majority of white cishet people cannot stand, it is to feel even slightly like the entire world is not set up for and revolves around them. This is why many of the same people don't even like being called white and see that as derogatory too. They believe they are and should be the default human and 
anything contrary to that sets them off. Leo, have, have you encountered people who balk at the idea of any other kind of accurate descriptor like straight or white or anything like that? From time to time online. Yes. Yeah. And they're all cishet white people, aren't they? Even Usually if they don't say men, they yes. are, you know <laughs> yeah. they are. Yep. Yes. Yep. How dare you be racist against white people? And like, no, that's not possible <laughs> in our society. Right. How that yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, my God. Yeah, I've definitely come across those people, too, that just think everything is a slur. <laughs> well, yeah, if they yeah, don't like it, it's... it's a slur. <laughs> yeah. It's always, I feel like, heightened during Pride Month, too, as far as straight mm -hmm. goes. Oh, yeah. They get very, like, oh, we need a straight pride. We, here's our straight pride flag, straight this, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. I'm like, okay. No, nobody told you you can't be those things or have those things. I don't know where you're, you know, it's people just making things up and then getting mad about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. They don't need, you they, know. They don't want to see queer people existing. Therefore, we're forcing it on them. Well, and they don't, they yes. don't understand that they don't need, you know, straight pride because you're not oppressed for being straight. Yeah, every day is straight pride day. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so just listen, listen to me right now. There is no such thing as a default human. Oh, they're not going to like that. Our society <laughs> and media sure treats cishet white men like they're exactly that, but they're not. They're not even the majority type of human on the planet. But in many countries, and certainly here in the United States, they're the ones with the most money and power. But white is not the default. Cis is not the default. Man is not the default. Straight is not the default. Non-disabled is not the default. Thin is not the default. There is no default human. There are sadly people who think straight white male is a slur. Again, simply because they don't want to have to even think about their specific identity not being the default. There's a Guardian article from 2018 in the show notes all about that. As an avid and lifelong Trekkie, it saddens me to tell you that even William Shatner has fallen victim to this, although by all accounts, of the people who worked with him, he's apparently never been a great dude. But there's a tweet from him from August 8th, 2020 that reads, No, straight cis white man is the slur. That's how it's used most commonly in harassment. The fact they want to further call me rich, if that is a point of jealousy, let it be that. No putting straight white cis. End quote of his tweet. So just imagine, imagine being so incredibly privileged that accurate descriptors of who you are feel offensive to you is if you should simply get to be human while everyone else has to have modifying descriptors based on how they're not you. Screw that noise. Thank you for being here, Leo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our language is constantly growing and evolving, and it's becoming more descriptive as we learn more about humanity and what it means to be human. And that's a good thing. The only people who disagree are bigots, and their opinions don't mean anything anyway. Tilly Bridges, End Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges, with audio editing and sound mixing by Jillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, 
on Mastodon at TillyBridges at Mastodon.social, at Facebook.com slash TillySBridges, and on Insta at HeckYeahTillyBridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TillysTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.